Welcome to the audio podcast of Dwell in the Word from First Reformed Church in Edgerton, Minnesota. Bible readings and devotional commentary to help you grow in faith by dwelling in God's holy word. Welcome to Dwell in the Word. Today is March 7th and it is Monday, so we start with another prayer from Lifting Up Our Hearts. Let us pray. Grant, Almighty God, as in all ages the blindness of mankind has been so great as to lead them to worship you erroneously and superstitiously, and since they manifest such duplicity and pride as to despise your name and also worship the very idols they have fashioned for themselves, grant, we pray, that true piety may be deeply rooted in our hearts. May the fear of your name be so engraven within us that we may be sincerely and unreservedly devoted to you. May each of us heartily desire to glorify your name, and may we endeavor to lead our brethren in the same course. And so purge us more and more from all dissimulation until at length we arrive at that perfect purity that is laid up for us in heaven through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So we are in Hosea chapter 4. And we saw that God has accused Israel, and then God has called Israel back, and he's going to do great things by his grace to them. But now here we are, back in chapter 4, or coming to chapter 4, and we're back to the Lord accusing Israel once again. More harsh and difficult words from God as he uh, convicts the people of their sin. We're going to be reading in chapter 4 today, verse 1, through it looks like the end of the chapter, which is verse 19. Hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord, O children of Israel. For the Lord has a controversy with the inhabitants of the land. There is no faithfulness or steadfast love, and no knowledge of God in the land. There is swearing, lying, murder, stealing, and committing adultery. They break all bounds, and bloodshed follows bloodshed. Therefore the land mourns, and all who dwell in it languish, and also the beasts of the field, and the birds of the heavens, and even the fish of the sea are taken away. Yet let no one contend, and let no one and let none accuse, for with you is my contention, O priest. You shall stumble by day, the prophet also shall stumble with you by night, and I will destroy your mother. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. I reject you from being a priest to me. And since you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. The more they increase, the more they sinned against me. I will change their glory into shame. They feed on the sin of my people. They are greedy for their iniquity. And it shall be like the people, like priests. I will punish them for their ways and repay them for their deeds. They shall eat but not be satisfied. They shall play the whore, but not multiply, because they have forsaken the Lord to cherish whoredom, wine, and new wine, which take away the understanding. My people inquire of a piece of wood, and their walking staff gives them oracles, for a spirit of whoredom has led them astray, and they have left their God to play the whore. They sacrifice on the top of the mountains and burn offerings on the hills under oak, poplar, and terebinth, because their shade is good. Therefore your daughters play the whore, and your brides commit adultery. I will not punish your daughters when they play the whore, nor your brides when they commit adultery. For the men themselves go aside with prostitutes, and sacrifice to cult prostitutes, and a people without understanding shall come to ruin. Though you play the whore, O Israel, let not Judah become guilty. Enter not into Gilgal, nor go up to Beth-haven, and swear not as the Lord lives." Like a stubborn heifer, Israel is stubborn. Can the Lord now feed them like a lamb in a broad pasture? Ephraim is joined to idols. Leave him alone. 
when their drink is gone, they give nothing to whore, give themselves to whoring. Their rulers dearly love shame. A wind has wrapped them in its wings, and they shall be ashamed because of their sacrifices. This is arguably some of the harshest language we have read so far, isn't it? And it doesn't feel like this was where we should be going, right? Uh, didn't we just look at the end of chapter 3? Afterward, the children of Israel shall return and seek the Lord their God and David their king, and they shall come in fear to the Lord and to his goodness in the latter days. Reasons to celebrate. But quickly, we hear the word of the Lord, and the word of the Lord is going to Israel. And the Lord has a controversy, we read there in verse 1. And what is the problem? Well, as it says right here, there is no faithfulness, there's no steadfast love, there's no knowledge of God in the land, but instead, they're swearing, lying, murder, stealing, committing adultery, they break all bounds, and bloodshed follows bloodshed. In other words, God is looking for faithfulness and love and a knowledge of him, but instead the exact opposite is happening. They are running from the things of God, and they are seeking out all of these things that go against his commands. And ultimately, what is the big issue that we see here? There is a lot that's being said, but we have to stop for a minute and, and look at verse 4 here, where it says, For with you is my contention, O priest. So even the priests are turning away from God. They're, they're offering sacrifices to the to, to false gods. And we see this uh, in verse 14, what we're, what we're meant to um, really understand about this here. Verse 14, I will not punish your daughters when they play the whore, nor your brides when they commit adultery, for the men themselves go aside with prostitutes and sacrifice with cult prostitutes, and a people without understanding shall come to ruin. What's happening here? Um, God is saying, look, I'm, I'm not going to punish the daughters for being the prostitutes, basically, for being a part of this, when it's the men, it's the priests, it's it's everyone who is going after these things. Now, it's important that we understand that a lot of what is happening here is not simply people going off uh, with prostitutes um, apart from a religious affiliation here. Um, it's hard to, hard to talk about this um, and and to and to be clear. What they're talking about here is this cult prostitute type of thing. It's involved with pagan worship. You've heard me say many times that that, that uh, pagan sexuality is is an interesting thing to look at. Um, very rarely did people leave from the following of God and and go and just like like going to another church or going to practice another religion. Religion. The paganism they sought after, when they went after the Baals and they worshipped at the Asherah poles, uh, there were terrible things that happened there. Uh, it wasn't just going someplace else. It was it was the activity of this pagan sexuality that was occurring there. And and it's important for us to understand that a lot of what happens there is is the rejection of the God of nature, right? That that God no longer is the one who is able to tell them. Uh, what they are able to do with their bodies, also that they are they are seeking after this euphoria, 
uh, an, an ascent spiritually, and, and they're doing this sexually. Again, it's it's really hard to explain. We have a very short amount of time. I, mean, I guess I could go 50 minutes, but I doubt anybody, I mean, I don't know if anybody listens now, but uh, you really wouldn't if I went 50 minutes. But it's important that we understand here that yes, they are committing adultery. Uh, yes, that sin is absolutely horrible. But it's connected here in the book of Hosea and in other parts of the Old Testament. It's it's com- it's connected so deeply to idolatry, that they are going after other gods. They are not just going after sin. This is this is worship of another false god. And so what's being said here in verse 17 is, you know, I'm not going to punish the women who are doing this because um, the men, the, the priests, everyone is going after um, these, these prostitutes and they're sacrificing to cult prostitutes. And so... What does God have to say here? A people without understanding shall come to ruin. They need to understand that they need to return to their God. And again, this is this is about them pursuing things other than God, not just pursuing pleasure, but pursuing other, uh, other false gods. That is so important for us to understand. God is not only calling them away from sin, he's calling them back to himself and back to true worship. And so we see at the end with verse 19, a wind has wrapped them in its wings and they shall be ashamed because of their sacrifices. In other words, they have gone after false gods. They're making sacrifices. They're doing these sexual religious rituals uh, to these false gods and they're wrapped up in it. Uh, They're not able to get away from it. They have become enslaved to these things. But God does say, that they shall be ashamed because of their sacrifices, whether that is because he judges them for that or or because they come to repentance. Regardless, they are going to see that they have gone after other gods, that they have sinned against God. And this is a terrible thing that they will understand, whether it is in the judgment or whether it is because they've been convicted of sin. They are ashamed of it. And so we need to stop and think about what this means for us. Um, while hopefully we are not entrenched in pagan, idolatrous worship, we do have to understand that the things that we seek after, the things that we desire, often are not just sins against God, but they are sins against God because we are replacing him. We are desiring the things that we can do, whether that's making ourselves God or making another thing God or or we're seeking after another person. We do what Israel has done here on a much smaller scale, but we do this when we, we seek after things. We seek after pleasures. We seek after anything other than the one true living God. And so may we be ashamed of the things that we have gone after. May God convict us of our sins. That's a good thing. It is it is hard. Being convicted of sin is hard on us. But when we we are convicted of our sin, it's an important reminder that God's Holy Spirit is at work in us. So may we be ashamed of the things that we have gone after that are not Christ. And may we pursue him and him alone. Let us go to prayer. Merciful God, We know that when you bring accusations against our sinfulness, we have no place to stand on our own. 
Grant that when your Holy Spirit convicts us of areas of sin and unbelief in our lives, that we would be humble and we would seek your face in repentance with a full trust in the knowledge that in Christ our sins have been forgiven. May the sweet news of the gospel cause us to turn our backs on the sin that holds so tightly, and may we instead turn to you in faith. And on this Monday, we lift up all those who proclaim the gospel. We lift up elders and teachers and missionaries and pastors and evangelists. We pray for elders and deacons serving you in your church. Grant to them strength and perseverance, and we ask that you would give them a deeper understanding of your word that they may be blessed with greater discernment to do your will and serve you in your world. We humbly put our trust in you, knowing that you are the God who works all things together for good for those who love you. Help us to trust in your sovereign hand and in your Holy Spirit's work in our lives. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. Okay, I hope you have a very good start to your week and a fantastic Monday. Thank you for listening to Dwell in the Word. You can find more information about First Reformed Church at our website, edgertonfrc.org. Dwell in the Word episodes are available each week on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can also watch the video versions of these devotions at our Facebook page and YouTube channel. 